Hey everyone, and welcome to season two of Tea Time with the Teacher. I am your host, JP McConney. I am so excited to be back. It has been a while, and I do apologize for it being such a long time, but I am ready to go with season two. I'm still up in the air about the frequency of the episodes. I know that last season it was once a week, uh, but it just feels like a lot right now. Um, I do really, really enjoy interviewing, and I think it's a way to keep my mental health and my sanity, keep me engaged. Um, But the once a week and the editing um, with me starting a job, which I'll get into later, um, is a lot. So I'm still deciding, still debating once a week, once a month, twice a month, whatever it may be. Um, So please let me know by email or on our Instagram at Tea Time with the Teacher what you prefer. If you want to see more episodes, if you're good with once a month, because you're also busy, uh, because I would definitely love to hear your feedback as well as future topics to go over. For the season premiere, I have a couple guests that are going to be on in the subsequent episodes, but for this episode, I just wanted to talk to you guys about what's going on the past three months in the world, in education, but also in my own life. So I've actually recently started a new job, um, which I posted on um, Instagram as well as an instructional coach. So I'm taking a step outside of the direct classroom as far as having my own classroom and actually starting kind of to take the next step as far as school leadership and being able to coach new teachers. So I'm going to be part of the or I am part of the Teaching Excellence program, which is an alternative certification program for teachers like me who did not necessarily get an education degree in college, but still are wanting to be teachers. So we put them through their first year, and while they're teaching, they're going, they're getting training from us, as well as obviously teaching. And by the end of the year, they'll have achieved the necessary hours, the tests that they need to take, their content certification, their observation hours, their professional responsibilities exams, you know, all the exams that they have to do. And then by the end of the first year that they will be certified, this is an alternate path versus your traditional, I majored in education, I went through a a college degree based on that. So right now, as of today, um, I've jumped into the classroom Rather than teaching, I am now observing and coaching. So I have, I think it is about 16 to 17 teachers on my caseload um, from four different campuses across Houston. Um, So my job is to go in um, as many times as possible to those 16 to 17 teachers and coach them, provide mental, professional help, whatever it may be, um, whether it's just helping them get routines and procedures set up, or if it's helping them lesson plan, or even just get through their first year. So I'm really excited to kind of do something a little bit different, um, and also kind of coach these new teachers and hopefully empower them to not just have a good first year, but to also continue in education and not leave them burnt out. The reason why I wanted to do this job specifically is because I had a great instructional coach, shout out Andrew if you're listening, who in my first year, you know, I think there comes a a moment in everyone's first year teaching, you know, an inflection point where you're kind of debating, is this what I want to do? I'm feeling really burnt out. Am I doing a good job? Can I sustain this? Can I last the whole year? And I think the support system around you is really the, the biggest determining factor and whether or not you have a a strong first year. And looking back on it, I don't know if I would have continued teaching if I didn't have such a support system, not just with my family and my colleagues, but also with my coach. And so I want to provide that same support system to 
these new teachers and being their advocate and, and telling them and helping them so that at the end of the year, they feel good and they feel supported to where they do want to continue teaching. Andrew did that for me and constantly empowered me and emboldened me to continue. And I think he is probably a, a majority of a reason why I decided to continue teaching and stick it through because, you know, there comes a point in every year uh, where you just, you're overwhelmed and you're kind of losing energy and uh, maybe you have a rowdy class or something and, and you're really questioning, you know, the mental and physical health, the toll it's taking on you and your psyche. So stay tuned for more updates on that uh, on my new job as an instructional coach. I'll definitely have hopefully some of my teachers that I'm coaching on the podcast too, if they're comfortable with it. Um, and maybe they can speak to whether or not I'm doing a good job or not a great job. Um, as far as what I did this past summer, um, I was actually in grad school. So it was part two of a two-part grad school. So last last summer, we ha- I had my first part over the year. Uh, I was you know, teaching, but I was also in grad school at the same time. And then this past summer, we finished it off and we actually culminated um, our project in a year long new school design program proposal where we basically created a new school. So Courtney, Juan, Bree, Diana, thank you so much for being such an awesome group. Again, I posted a picture of us working on Zoom on my Instagram. So make sure to check that out. Um, and just a year with these these awesome these awesome team members and we created a school and I think it went pretty well we had our presentation in front of judges you know different district leaders from around the country uh, we were called sagebrush academy in Las Vegas and um, just going through the process you know from line items of a budget to how the curriculum you know will best meet the needs of the students in the Las Vegas area to you know how we're going to raise money and how we're going to accept students and what our enrollment numbers and are we leasing a space are we buying a space are we renting what are we doing those kind of questions that really really do get you into the mindset of a school leader and as someone who is trying to go beyond the classroom and i think it was really really important to finish a year off of teaching and kind of take a step back and look at schools and how they're run from a macro level um, because that is a step that i want to take down the line. Do I want to open my own school and go through this process? Probably not now. Um, the process was was very intense, but I really learned a lot, um, had some really supportive team members, and I really enjoyed going through that process. And now I know how the sausage is made and how the schools are, are organized and run. Um, and it's really, really informative. Um, and just the overall grad school experience was great. I don't foresee myself wanting to get a PhD after this, at least for the, for the you know, immediate future, going back to grades and submitting papers and writing these 25 page things where you're trying to just fill up the page limits. And meanwhile, you're still trying to do your job that you're getting paid for, um, as well as grad school being really expensive. Um, that does make you question whether or not you want to go back to school. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, I, I may, a PhD would be cool, but also going back to school and going through this process and having to spend all this money um, does really make you think about, you know, is it worth it? And, you know, higher education and how exclusive it is to people who can afford it. Um, and I, I don't necessarily want to go back into debt to get a PhD, but we will see. 
that kept me super busy over the summer. And then immediately my job as a coach started right away. There was actually some overlap, which was super stressful because I was trying to please two parties. I was trying to impress, you know, my new employers, um, or at least trying not to show, hey, I'm not, you know, completely focused on the role. So I was able to kind of compromise and they understood that, you know, this master's was to help me become a better coach. So they completely understood. Um, but the summer we began training teachers and now teachers are going into classrooms and getting started. Um, but the summer was kind of a little bit of both. So super stressful and hence why you didn't see any episodes over the summer, why I'm a little bit behind as far as interviewing guests and why on our social media, uh, there's very little updates. Cause the last thing I was going to do was post on Instagram of what I was doing when, you know, I was knee deep in papers and um, trying to start my new job. But I will pick back up again. It's hard. It was weird to get back into recording. I forgot how I used to do it. But I remember every week it was, you know, getting into the rhythm. So I'll have to get back into that for sure. My goals for season two were focus on an international perspective. I'd like to have updates from previous guests and new guests here in, in the United States. So I'll sprinkle those in, but I wanted my overall focus to just be outside of the U.S. education system. So learning more about guests and educators from around the world and seeing just the differences and the similarities and kind of taking a step back of, of the all the elements of the U.S. education system and really bringing in guests from, from who have these worldly perspectives. I'm personally super curious about all the different things that are different from the U.S. education system, as well as things that really work in other countries and things that maybe the U.S. education system could take. Um, so if you know any guests that not necessarily live outside the country, but just have had their own experience, whether that's them as a student in another country, um, I'd definitely like to bring my parents on, as well as educators who are currently teaching in other countries. Now we're comfortable on Zoom. Um, please let me know. Um, I'd love to pick their brain and have them share their perspective on uh, the podcast as well. So my focus for uh, the rest of our season premiere, uh, now that you have some updates on me, was kind of to talk about what's been going on over the summer and some things that we're seeing in the news as far as the pandemic and just my comments on that, my commentary. So I know that the first thing that came to mind was just going back to school with the rising case numbers and, you know, the Delta variant and the pandemic of the unvaccinated and all this controversy with getting vaccinated and, you know, keeping our kids safe and mask wearing and all that. It's crazy to think, you know, I thought that we would be talk, we would not talk about the pandemic probably anymore, but it sounds like it's just going to be, you know, our way of life now. Um, And it's weird because there's so many people that are just, you know, claiming that, you know, it's just become so politicized and it's become like a, a infringement on our freedom. Um, you know, that's how it's phrased, but wearing masks and keeping people safe and getting vaccinated to protect yourself as well as your family and other people around you seems pretty apolitical to me. So it's crazy to think that we have these people that, you know, are not doing that. And as a result, we're still, it's almost getting worse. I play soccer with this doctor actually. Um, 
and he actually is a pulmonary his specialty is in pulmonary emergency pulmonary and heart surgery which is you know crazy specific that you know i just i was just asking how it was going and you know he talked about it obviously he had a lot on his mind but he actually works directly in the emergency room with covid affected patients so it was crazy to talk to him because he's not just a random doctor he's the one who was on the front lines so he was just talking about how like six weeks ago six to eight weeks ago he you know they started to see the numbers coming back up and they were trying to sound the alarm just like they were trying to do at the beginning and it it, it was crazy because he just he sounded so upset and frustrated at you know he said that i'm getting you know 20 year old kids 20 year olds in the emergency room who can't breathe and they aren't vaccinated and they never thought they had to be and they can't even walk because they're just out of breath and so he was just trying to sound the alarm and you know the hospital numbers were rising and he was freaking out and when i talked to him last week he said it's it's at capacity it's over capacity we have no more beds and so it was you know it's really crazy just to talk to someone who's who's been there who's directly affected on a on a day-by-day basis who struggles with that and has to deal with that and also someone who you know has to deal with these people and and try to do his best when he is trying to plead with them but you know he's getting by the time he gets them it's too late they haven't been vaccinated and they're struggling through it and he can't say oh i wish you could go back and be vaccinated so this wouldn't have happened Um, so he actually popped off on the texas governor and the florida governor which was super interesting because he's not super opinionated usually um but hearing him just go off on the irresponsibility of their decisions was was pretty funny and very very insightful um and very astute the just the things that he was saying as a doctor and i saw you know uh, the press conference with Governor DeSantis, um, where he was talking about how, like, I'm not going to make this political, like, you know, these people want to do, and I'm going to let it, leave it up to the families to decide and all that stuff. And I thought to myself, like, aren't you a politician? So by you making this decision, you are politicizing it. Why don't you just get all the doctors and you all just sit down and you listen to the doctors and whatever the doctors say is best, you go with that. That's not politicizing it. You are politicizing it by making decisions to not allow mask mandates. And I love what the HISD, the Houston ISD superintendent is doing. Then you know he's new, but trying to defy the mask order and and demanding that he'll accept the fines and the legal challenges to it for the safety of the students. And I hope that they reconsider these these mask because it's not just saying I am I like personally don't believe in masks. That's one thing, you know, fine. But you're saying you you cannot. I am not allowing you to make a decision for your district. If my district wants kids and and teachers to wear masks, they should have the right to do that. I don't understand how you can say, well, not only are we, we don't agree with it, we're going to prevent you from doing what you think is safe. That seems so an- antithetical to Republican ideals where it's like up to the local and the individual, you know, like, why is the government telling you what to do? Well, the government's exactly telling you what to do right now when they're saying you can't have mask mandates. So I hope that the state government just butts out of the way 
and lets the districts decide because I think the majority of districts are seeing the rising case numbers and will say, we are going to demand uh, mask mandates from, you know, for kids who aren't vaccinated. And I really do hope our district does something because seeing HISD, who you we usually follow, mandating and saying, you know, we don't care about the governor's mandate and we're going to enforce it. And if we get challenged in court, then so be it. But then our our own superintendent is saying, well, there's nothing we can do because the state, you know, the Texas Education Agency has told us we can't do it. It's kind of weird how, you know, one superintendent is saying, screw that. We're going to do what's best and to keep our kids safe, even if we take the fine. And then we've got our superintendent who seems to be, um, you know, I, I thought more the most progressive, you know, I, I'd like to think that our our charter school system is pretty progressive when it comes to, to issues like this, saying there's nothing we can do. Um, I'd like to see just standing up and saying, no, we're going to have mass mandates. And if they come to us and the court tells us we have to, then we'll, you know, then we'll, we'll have to change it. But for now, we are going to defy it because I don't want to see a kid, a family member, a teacher, a parent, whatever, die or get permanently sick because we are not enforcing masks. So it's crazy because I'm not going to be on the ground floor as a teacher anymore. I'll be able to pop into schools. But as far as teachers on the ground floor, I know a lot of teachers are still going to wear masks, but a lot of the kids aren't. So I'm really, really curious, but I'm also just anxiously awaiting what's going to happen August 16th when kids go back to school. Um, so we'll see. I mean, tune in here for for what it's going to be like. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed. That's at this point, that's all we that's all we can do um, is just, you know, as as someone who's going to be in the schools, I I, I just worry. I worry, um, and and I've started wearing masks again, going into public places and trying to heed the advice of of health officials. And it's weird to be uh, back on the podcast for season two and still talking about the pandemic because uh, I thought. You know, I thought thought it was over, to be honest. I was going back to living a normal life. And, you know, everyone around me is vaccinated, which makes me feel a little bit better. But hearing about breakthrough infections and uh, getting COVID, even though you're vaccinated and all that stuff, uh, makes me, you know, want to to go back to wearing masks and just being as safe as possible. Um, Because why not, right? Wearing a mask is super easy to do. Um, And if it means just being safe and not having to worry, then, then I'm all for it. Um, so I don't want to go on too long, uh, with this as well as the first episode. I want to kind of dip my toe back into it, get familiar. So I'm going to end it there. Um, on our next episode, I'm going to talk about, um, critical race theory and the debate with critical race theory in schools. Um, cause I think that kind of got overlooked because now the pandemic numbers in schools are rising again. Um, but I, I want to focus that, uh, next episode on that and maybe I'll have a guest on or two, and then we will jump into our normal kind of, uh, cadence of having some guests on and checking in with them. So, What I can ask you to do, first of all, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in back on season two. But I really do. I've gotten the hang of of kind of doing podcasts, or at least I hope I do. You tell me. Um, But please engage with uh, my Instagram, Tea Time with a Teacher on Instagram. Follow us, see our posts, um, and comment, direct message me potential guests. A lot of you have done that already, and that's how I found some really cool international guests. So thank you. 
Um, and then also just comments, things I could do better, things to improve on, things, uh, guests and topics to cover. Uh, I want to speak on and have guests who speak on topics that you are interested in. So if you don't want me to talk about COVID anymore, tell me. Tell me, hey, I want this to be a bubble where I don't hear about COVID and instead I want to hear about, you know, a first year teacher and what they're going through right now or a really cool story with a student um, and how uh, in, an inspirational st- uh, story that a student's gone through or or so be it. So thank you. Again, I am your host, JB McConney, and this is Tea Time with the Teacher Season 2. If you're just tuning in with us for the first time, go back on Spotify, iTunes, Buzzsprout, whatever it is, and go check out our previous season one episodes. There's a lot of gems in there, um, if I do say so myself. So please, please, please go back and take a look and tell me what you think. Follow us at Tea Time with the Teacher. I will see you for episode two of season two. And thank you all for listening. All right, have a great week, and I will see you for episode two.